Welcome back. It is episode two of the second amazing season of the Design, 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 Design podcast, where Jesper Bülund and I, Jan Orvet Polk, prod, analyze and share our opinions on design, the everyday, the mundane, as well as the truly exceptional, and of course, how people affect and are affected by design. The question is, what is design style and do we need to think about it? Jesper, what is design style and do we need to think about it? Well, that's always the question, right? Do we need to think about any topic? But to be able to talk about this and to be able to think about this, first, I think we need to sort of grasp what it is. I mean, we, you, you just said design style. That's how I refer to it as well. But you could also call it a theme or the tone of the design. But regardless of, of what you want to call it, it's basically the the aggregation of all of the details about your design that make up a cohesive whole, a cohesive sort of uh, experience that your design is supposed to relate. Now, okay, that sounded really, uh, really uh, arbitrary and strange. So let me give you a concrete example. In 2013, Apple released iOS 7, where they switched from a skeuomorphic design style to a completely flat design style. And at the time, iOS was pretty much the most important design style or the design system being used in the world. So everybody jumped aboard the bandwagon and pretty much overnight, the entire design world turned flat. Now, we're currently in another sort of design style shift like this. 90s retro is back. You can sort of see this in fashion. You can I actually see my shirts from 92 walking around the street and it's kind of creepy. But you can also see it on the web and in in digital interfaces that there's this sort of comic comic book design or 90s retro, like in Poolside FM. But why did everybody jump on board? Do do we care? Do we need to follow this, this common design style? We like following what others are doing, but I think our job as designers is to interpret what is around us in a way that is not copying what someone else is doing. There is no benefit to following a style if it doesn't have function and is rooted very, very deeply in the purpose of what the design is supposed to do. Now that's a very, very interesting point. Because, well, first of all, as usual, I tend to agree with you. But there's also, there's also a value in following a design style. There's an innate value in following patterns that emerge as design progresses uh, throughout a marketplace. So for instance, my current client, uh, they use a design style that looks very, very corporate. Now, everybody knows what I mean when I say corporate. Corporate means LinkedIn five years ago. That was a design style. It's That's it. It used to mean Microsoft, but everybody knows what it looks like. It's dark blue, right? It's a lot of white space, but also a lot of text. So it does communicate something that people can relate to. That is incredibly valuable. It's the use of a style out of context that I find a little puzzling. I'm just talking about one element now, but sort of the the flat people design style, if you will. It it really helps when you're looking at a complex piece of SaaS software that you're going to dive in. It feels a little bit more approachable, even though it's sort of hell on the other side once you log in, but it kind of helps you get there. I'm not sure it's it's as valuable 
when you look at something that already feels very human, that already has a very low barrier to entry, then it just feels like something that's pasted on top of it. In essence, what you're doing is just um, you're using a person to portray some sort of uh, personable emotion or value. So why are they all flat and why are they all illustrated? And especially with this uh, kind of crappy two-tone or line art. So I think it's an interesting pet peeve. I can't really disagree with that. And it does become very, very boring, which makes every brand look the same and feel the same, which should be a cost, actually, to the brand to have a design that's too much, too similar to all of their competitors. Then again, uh, if all designers train on the same things, it also becomes cheaper. Is cheap design good design? No, but you, you don't have to answer that. It's a, it's a tough question, right? But there are many ways to sort of look at these things like it's one thing to say it's one thing to say that there's a value in following it there's another thing about uh or sort of to to bring it back to your point that there's it's boring if you're using design and it's it's actually used out of context because suddenly you're trying to make this super corporate brand very playful what is your favorite design style oh my my favorite design style is always 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 minimalism is that okay, a design style or is that a lifestyle yeah that was just my question like is mm. that a design style or is that the opposite of a design style is it the mm. lack of a design style yeah good point i'll still say minimalism so wait actually i want to challenge that so can minimalism be both something like linkedin the super businessy professional stuff and can it also be 90s retro comic book style when i think about minimalism there, there's on one hand the way one chooses to, you know, design one's home, the way one dresses. I, mean, I, I think you're you're an excellent example of using minimalism as an individual, as a professional, in a very cohesive way. I think minimalism can also be applied to design. It can be a design style if it stems from the same belief in the benefits of minimalism. Oh, I love this. I love this. Now we're getting into one of my absolute favorite topics about design, which is truth in design but let's let's not go that far philosophical first first let's talk about so is it a design style or is it an expression of a style and what's the difference you're, you're right it is an expression of a style it is not a design style in itself i'm trying to think of how this relates to the the current sort of 90s retro trend right so there's nothing inherently retro in any design style Retro basically means you can see this in your own past. So it's it's something that used to be popular that you're now doing again and usually in a slightly exaggerated manner to make it feel like it's a little bit old timey. But that's not a style, right? That's that's an expression of a style. Yes. Agree. Everything starts out being an expression. And when heavily used, it becomes a style. Could that be true? That sounds, that sounds about right. It, it's almost like interpretations of something. Yeah, exactly. So uh, everybody interprets, for instance, flat design. But it starts out with just being iOS. But then everyone does variations on the same thing. They adapt their own sort of design style to be flat. And eventually flat design becomes its own design style, its own sort of not ethos, but its own own collection of rules about how you do this new style called flat. 
This kind of brings us to to that whole question of when should one follow a style or sort of jump on a, a bandwagon and when should one resist it? It should be applied only when it has some sort of value for the brand, right? Yes. You know, this is, this is proof that we need to switch on the microphone the moment we start having the conversation, like when we're drinking coffee and, and you know, adjusting sound levels and, and, and cables and all of that. It might sound a bit messy, but we say so many smart things before we start recording. I love it. <laughs> but or yes. at least we believe we do uh, when there's no proof. I really, I really appreciate creators who stand out. Whether they stand out because they have chosen to follow a style and interpret it, or whether they've chosen to go completely against the grain doesn't really matter. A good example, there's a new photo sharing app called Glass. It's kind of like Instagram, but without Facebook, without algorithm, just about the photography. There's there's a, a photographer there that uses a, I think it's a an old Nintendo camera. And I love it. It is among the absolutely most interesting photography that I see in my stream on Glass because he is choosing to use a technique to interpret the world around him that no one else is doing. Well, I'm sure there's someone, but you know, in, in this context, no one else is doing it. And I love that. So his courage in not following the similar-ish style that a lot of the other photographers do, to me, is an expression of a style of his own. A style which is very much about independence. Maybe this is not at all how, how he thinks about it. But to me, it catches my attention. And I read a lot of these positive traits into him and his craft. Whether it's, it's correct or not, I don't know. But that has to be a desired outcome for so many expressions of style. You feel attracted to it. You understand what it stands for. You, you can see it in a context that appeals to you. And it trigger some kind of action or reaction or emotion. That is absolutely fascinating. And finally, we get to something where we disagree. Excellent. Finally. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yes, because of course, now I do agree somewhat, right? There, there is value in standing out and following people and seeing works that truly stick out from the norm is wonderful it's refreshing it's interesting and you as you said you get all of these wonderful connotations to people and brands that do stick out and like every company i've ever worked with they want to stick out as something better than the average right which is hilarious when you think about averages but anyway all of that has its own value and it's beautiful and it's interesting but it's also contradicting a lot of the value of design because Sticking out, being different, doing things differently is interesting, but it's also less useful by definition because it's different. Now, it can, of course, bring back a lot of or like change things into becoming more valuable and easier to use and etc. But originally, stepping away from the tried and true will cause friction, which is, of course, anathema to design. So should we? And, and when should we diverge? And how much should we diverge? I love this. I love that we're getting into this. <laughs> Isn't that a very um, dogmatic view on style, Jesper? I mean, probably. It's from me, so yeah. In a way, it's very unlike you. 
let's look at. Um, I, I will soon look up what his uh, what his uh, username is on on Glass. So if anyone wants to check out his his brilliant images, uh, you can do so. I'm thinking about it from this perspective. He wants to communicate something as a designer tasked with a commission from a client. You're supposed to do something. You're supposed to deliver something that has a result at the end of it. Whichever way you choose to do that, as long as it respects the values of the business, respects the user, it's got to be okay to choose that path because style in and of itself doesn't necessarily, a design style in and of itself doesn't necessarily have a value unless it's applied and applied correctly. And there is no right or wrong except how well it helps you achieve your goal. Otherwise, you just do you know, brutalist architecture because you really like it. If you're an architect and you sort of slap it everywhere and your city starts looking like, well. No, 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 no. You can't get into brutalism. We're making an entire episode about brutalism later in the season. We can't get into that now. I'm not angry enough. But I love what you're saying here. There's definitely a value here. There's definitely some sort of definition about design style that we're approaching because I, I agree with the reason you're doing the work is to fulfill some sort of uh, of end goal and doing this by respecting the end user and the material you, you're using. There's no distinct reason why you should follow a trend. If your job as a designer is to try to achieve some sort of goal and you can do this in any sort of way, then design styles would not appear. We would have a mishmash of every idea that's going on at the same time, but not these clear, distinct styles. What are the powers that shape this dynamic, that create this clear trend? I think it's like so many other things in society when it comes to music, architecture, fashion. We, we have a fairly sort of homogenized global expression of and pace of change in, in those and many, many other fields as well, food also being one. And it's not wrong to be part of be part of that movement. It's not in any way incorrect as a designer to understand the zeitgeist and, and, and express it. On the contrary, I think that's a huge part of what we what we have to do, going back to what you mentioned earlier on, the the expectation, uh, the recognition. We obviously know that repetition is fantastic for recognition. I think the risk is when one uses it as a simplistic way to do something that on some level will be signed off for getting a thumbs up because it is so in the now. It looks like what a lot of other people are doing that is right. So it must be right for us as well. That's where it's really dangerous. The photographer that I mentioned is Ed with two D's as in David, E-D-D-H. Check him out. And we should mention that Glass is a paid-for service, so it doesn't track you, but we're also not getting paid for them, so this is not a sponsored ad. We just sort of like Glass. Yes, correct, correct, correct. What's your favorite style, Jesper? Ooh, yeah, okay, so coming back to that, I would also have to say minimalism, which is a bit of a cop-out since you already said that, but uh, (laughs) I'm going to have to try to explain why then. I have always found patterns to be slightly overwhelming. The reason, I think, is that 
most patterns, they attack my senses with so much information that it forces me to be vigilant or it forces me to pay attention. And usually I am doing things. So usually in my, my normal mode of being, I'm not actually very perceptive. I'm trying to get something done and I want something and I want things to be clear. So for me, minimalism as a visual or design uh, sense becomes a very restful design style. Because what it really means is that I usually don't have to spend a lot of time thinking or admiring or appreciating something. I can just sort of use it. So it's a little bit of a utilitarian value, I think. So how long does a design, design style usually last? I think it depends on who starts using it. Early adopter, mainstream, all of that. I think there's also that journey. We might see something in a very avant-garde design print publishing, for example, that will sooner or later turn up in, in very, very mainstream uh, print design as well, or in digital design for that matter. And by that time, the people who were sort of onto it in the early days will probably think that it is really boring, but the people that hadn't seen it will probably like it, which is, which is perfectly fine. But I think that's also worth keeping in mind that just because a group of people, for example, us, just because we don't think it's interesting anymore, it might still have a huge level of interest for someone who's seeing it for the first time, who gets to enjoy it for the first time. That's a really interesting point. You said something at the beginning of that, which I found really helpful to think about. Like You said that as long as it's helpful. And I think that that's a key ingredient here because there's something to the longevity of a design style. As you say, like design does migrate from topic to topic and medium to medium. But uh, the longevity of a style, I think, is related to the amount of permutations that you can do within a specific style. So for instance, just to go back to the skeuomorphism flat thing, in skeuomorphism, there's a much wider range of things that you can do that are different, but still skeuomorphism. While when you're going flat, there's only so much that you can do before it starts becoming something else. Like there's this, uh, <laughs> this tiny trend, which is kind of silly in my opinion, but called, I think it's a new morphism, which is just odd but it's also Sorry, so I'm, I'm i'm so uncool that i don't know what new morphism is can you uh, uh, just enlighten just me dribble it <laughs> no so new morphism is basically skewmorphism with early 80s i think early 80s italian plastic designs so they're very very smoothly beveled very smoothly shaded, but still skeuomorphic. The thing is, of course, that to make something neumorphic, the variance is so small before it becomes something else that I think the trend sort of died after the first like three examples. You can't really do a lot with it. A thought just, just hit me here. So could that be sort of the difference really between a design style and an expression? Because an expression like retro or... Um, or minimalism, it is a way of applying any design style, right? But it doesn't change necessarily, at least, it doesn't necessarily change the design style. So you can make something that is skeuomorphic and it can be minimalist, but you can also make something that's skeuomorphic and what was the other thing we used as an example? I don't know. I'm not paying attention. No, sorry. Uh, we... <laughs> <laughs> that's great. 
We should, at one of these points, uh, something I'm talking about is going to be cut off, and they should just add that. I don't know. I'm not paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> this can be the not paying attention episode. I just want to point out that I am paying attention, but no, I can't actually think of what it was that you used as a second example. Me neither. So anyway, mm-hmm. let, let's let's uh, let's let's drop that subject to get into the sort of philosophical philosophical end question that we we apparently end these shows on. So, mm-hmm. what is escapism, and could that be a design style? I instantly think about islands and and palm trees, and then I think about cities which are very, very busy, but to me, very relaxing because I'm, I'm very much a city person. So my mind just rushes through all these things, trying to figure out what, what does it mean by escapism? What is escapism? Is, is escapism very personal, so you can't really put a style on it? What's, what, what do all these things have in common? Is it because it's something else? What's something else for me? It might be you know just every day for someone else. So, oh my goodness, I don't know. Can escapism be a design style? Does it depend on the creator or the recipient? That's an excellent that framing, question. actually. How much of this we've been talking about is related to the creator and the consumer of that? Because I, I, I think when I hear escapism, for me, it becomes like a human behavior. So it's not something that you can... I think it's not, not something that you can design with, but just something that you can design for. Then again, saying that something is an expression of design, then escapism it could probably be an expression of design. It's almost like designing a user experience or designing for a user experience. You can't actually design a user experience, but you can design for it because the experience is very individual. Maybe escapism is the same thing. If we're talking about trying to literally escape from your personal world, then it could be anything. But if we're talking about relaxation and the the sort of general idea of escapism being going on a vacation impromptu avoiding all of the responsibilities of life then you could probably design for that like the uh, the netflix automatically triggering a next episode thing could be said to be some sort of escapism design that las vegas could probably be said to be designed for escapism i like that that is that i hadn't thought about it from that perspective it has, in both of those examples, it has a very strong connection to both the society in which these things, services, etc. exist. It has a connection to the socioeconomic circumstances one needs to be in to enjoy both of those examples. But it is also very, very closely tied to the acceptance of, for example, Vegas or streamed entertainment in that fashion. It is very human. It is very much about who the recipient of this is. Jesper, you asked the question, what is design style? And do we need to think about it? What's, well, what's the answer? I think we can both agree on the answer to the second part of that question. The answer is yes, we do need to think about it. For the first part, what is a design style? I have no idea. I think it might be separate from a design expression, but that's as far as we got, I think. I think that's perfectly fine. I think that's perfectly fine. It is a result. We got this far. We don't always need to have the answer. And I think in a way that ties to also doing uh, research as part of design work. You will get to a place and that place tells you a lot whether it is what you thought might come out of it or not. It doesn't really matter. An excellent point. We iterate and we learn. See you soon. Bye-bye. I need to put a beep there because I said (laughs) the word...
He is not. <laughs> I think you were going for.